Hey, Josh. How you doing this week, Nate? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, been heads down working on product sonar for a good chunk of this week, and uh, yeah, I'm starting to come back up for air. It's been I've been underwater for a little too long. I think gotta just kind of see where every see where everything else in the world is at. Ah, uh, uh, funny product sonar and your like logo is also like a submarine and like looking at things underneath and you were saying you have been <laughs> underwater was that intentional slightly yeah yeah part of my part of what i was working on is like coming up with brand names and stuff for the products on our stuff like you know so it's like echo location targeting and like deep sea uh, data platform and like oh, man. stuff like that You're going like like full dad joke branding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been good. How about you? Okay. How are things with you? Uh, pretty good. I've also been in a deep dive. I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but I've been in a deep dive of uh, CS tools. So this week was like kind of getting more into actual like functional implementation details. So like what events are we going to send? What properties? It's been, yeah. it's been interesting. Um, one of the things that we ended up making a decision on, again, it's kind of relating to some product things, is is how we're sending the events. And when I even talked to the vendor that we're thinking of using most, they actually said they recommended using Segment over using their direct integration. Really? Um, yeah, mostly because I think they said people, one, people could get up and running faster. It just seems like segment mm -hmm. is the standard for like basically piping this type of data. And obviously it's like a router. You can route it wherever else. So yeah, huh. that's really cool. Uh, but today, uh, also kind of related to recent things, um, we think of a topic uh, that we would talk a bit about founder communities, CEO communities, anything, you know, basically the the seats you and I are in and we're in various communities. Mm -hmm. And it came up because I um, had the pleasure of going to an event last night. Um, part of this, this uh, I don't know, somewhat prestigious type of group that I got invited into a couple of years ago um, in the DC area. And I went to a networking event in February of 2020, we went to the okay. Verizon Center, saw a Wizards game. The opening speaker was like the owner of the Wizards and also owns the Capitals for ice hockey. So wow. Ted, Ted Leonosis, pretty big deal. So he was like the speaker. Uh, and that was my last in-person networking event, you know, because then, you know, COVID happened. Yeah, yeah, all that. Cool. Um, but what was interesting is last night going to a different an event also for that group, I like missed my whole like year of it's like a cohort based thing. So I was in class mm -hmm. of 2020, but we didn't have any in-person things. And mm -hmm. this was the first in-person networking event and it was with this group. So sort of bookended my beginning and I don't know, not quite end of COVID, but hopefully getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk like kind of in general about being in founder groups or are you thinking more in terms of like networking and that sort of thing? Uh, I mean, I think networking comes into it as like one of the benefits of founder groups, right? And mm -hmm. and maybe we'll start there. Like, what do you think of the benefits of being part of 
kind of founder founder communities we'll just say communities instead yeah no i think the um there's so much knowledge there right like people you can talk to people who have been in your industry or similar industries for you know 20 years or whatever and you can uh pick their brain on different ways that they've gone about things and understand what sort of problems they're facing right now i think there's there's just so much knowledge to share there right know what, what what did you kind of think uh yeah i mean i guess for specifically for founder ones i think there's founders and ceos and that type of thing i do feel like there's some challenges there with any you know we could probably broadly talk about communities but i mean even ones out there we know for founders as like large ones we know of and i think a lot of people we know run in circles like of uh like indie hackers i would consider Mm. sort of a founder community uh all the microconf stuff we've talked about them in in uh in past episodes relating to uh startups for the rest of us and and the other things that that group has been doing um Mm -hmm. but yeah there's there's definitely a lot of benefits um i also think there's an immense amount of challenges with kind of founder communities um but like you said there's there's a lot of people that have been there it's probably uh the it's a great place to ask questions and and hopefully get on point answers. That's probably where for me, the trouble starts to come in. (laughs) Well, I think it probably depends a lot on the mix of people too, right? Like it's like anything where if you have, if you have a bunch of really smart people who are really good and intentional uh, about the way they answer questions and stuff like that, um, it can be a really positive experience. But at the same time, if it's full of, you know, very new people or, um, you know, people who aren't very respectful of each other or something like that, then they can really, you know, go downhill quickly. Right. Yeah, I definitely see what you mean there. And so we've already talked about some of the benefits. It's like the the questions um, and just knowledge. Uh, one of the other ones I think that is probably, if anything, more helpful on the on the earlier communities, like the earlier in your founder's journey, is probably the support. Right. Like the whole yeah, yeah. the whole notion of. Uh, it's funny because again, this is probably where you run into problems in the community with that whole, you ever heard that thing where someone is, are they looking for a cheerleader, a, uh, right, right. Uh, a coach. What are the, some of the other ones? It's like when you're asked yeah. a question, are you really looking for like a cheerleader? Which means you're looking for support. You're looking for people to kind of yeah. help you along and, and but then someone might go in there trying to give you advice, and that kind of feels very off off putting because that's not what you're looking at for, despite how no. you might have framed the, your question. Yeah, exactly. Like someone's going to tell you the truth, and you're just like, "Oh, like I didn't want to hear that," or you just have a different perspective on it, and so you feel like they're just trying to bring you down or something. Right, or that truth is their truth, right? Or is also yeah. you don't know their context, you don't know their experience, and it's hard to take that advice when you maybe mm-hmm. aren't looking for it. And it also might come from someone that doesn't, you didn't, you didn't give them the full context. So now they're kind of going off on their point of view and maybe of the, the small amount of uh, insight that you've given them on your problem. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things I've learned over the last year or two is just like, there's so much benefit from the social connection and like the feeling of belonging and stuff like that. Cause like being a founder can be pretty lonely sometimes. Um, but there's also like each group has kind of its slant on things, like their way of seeing the world. 
And, and that's a good thing because we're all different, but it can also like lead you down the wrong path if you're not thinking for yourself as much, right? Like if you have, if you have 10 other people who own companies telling you that you should go about a problem a certain way, um, you know, that might be true for their businesses, but that might not actually work for what you're trying to do. And that might actually not be the best answer for that particular problem. True. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, it, it, for me, it leads to, again, some, and maybe these are not exclusive problems for just founder communities, but um, could be for all communities. But I, I feel like that challenge is often because there are, um, you know, like you said, like if, if we take indie hackers, for example, it's a very different community than, than, than other potential founder communities. But at, at the same time, they try to be, you want to be open uh, and you want to be inclusive, but then you're, mm-hmm. you know, to grow a community and maybe that's their intention, you know? And I think if you asked Cortland is what his intention was to just grow this, like make it a, uh, you know, normal thing that people in, where indie hackers can hang out, where people that can develop businesses as solo founders and things like that could do that. But you also open the door for the person that is just like, oh, I'm super interested in this. I'm not even a developer and I want to go in there and I have a million questions. Mm. Yet you might have someone further down and it may not, someone that's even just been in the community for like two years or even two months has probably seen the same cycle of questions that come in and people don't search it. People don't do all this stuff. And then Mm -hmm. basically do you have a community that is largely focused at a certain time period of, of someone's journey? That's where like the founder's journey could be very, you can come in from just an idea and this is an interest all the way down to like, Hey, I've been doing this for, for 10 years. And right. And also the intent too, right? Like some people, like you're saying, are just interested in it and they just want to learn more or whatever. And they never really think that they'll ever do a business on it. Or um, they really don't have the expertise to be even thinking about that yet. Then that can be, you know, kind of tricky getting those people in there. Right. Yeah. And then, and it's funny as I've tried to be involved in indie hackers, like a little bit here and there, but I always just get annoyed <laughs> and frustrated <laughs> because one it's like even if i wanted to contribute not that i know everything but even if i wanted to contribute it's like i haven't built up i haven't spent the time to build up any reputation in there so it's almost like even if i did take the time and to thoughtfully respond to someone the chances of anyone caring about it other than maybe the one person is is sort of it and then it's just like, okay now i'm just um spending potentially spending time helping someone that's great feels great to help someone but it's also just like how should i is my time better spent somewhere else and i'm not going to go in there and ask my questions there because it's very contextual there's a lot a lot in there that i would need to explain like my questions that i ask in groups or stuff are, are, are usually ones that are more nuanced and complex than necessarily like Hey, how do I get started in like Facebook ads or something? If that, I would yeah. just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like a different, like you're at a different stage, right? And I think both you and I try to understand things as, as deeply as we can. And that takes a certain, like that's a certain type of person that will answer a question that way. Right. So I think that, you know, 
maybe you and I need to start the indie hackers for uh, people who want really long and specific answers, right? <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. I'm de- definitely not wanting to start a community. But I mean, no. we're part of, I mean, we met through a community and that that community is, is interesting. And I think it's like more of a shared values community versus mm-hmm. necessarily a, uh, hey, we're all founders and want to get started. It's kind of more niche, right? Than, than just mm-hmm. like indie hackers is a massive thing. Product Hunt is like a massive community. Yeah. I don't even know who they're really focused on. It's like startups, product people, and also anyone that's interested in cool products. Like it's great. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, but it's different, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like you said, like trying to um, be able to like make your knowledge useful to other people. I think that's really, really hard to like, you know, broadcast it in such a way that if you write a really good answer to something that it goes farther than just that one person. Like, I think you'll always, you'll always help the person who's willing to search it out and, you know, like maybe they'll come across you through search, search somehow. Um, but yeah, like unless it's like a, like it's almost like you need like a stack overflow type format or something, right? Like where things get well, up. And that what indie hackers is, or they have upvotes and that's again, it's like, I'm not trying to solve the problem. Cause I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a, I, I wouldn't say it's not a problem worth solving, but there, there's definitely things at play and that are, I feel like conflicting incentives, right? So yeah. for example, we talked about like the crux of it's like, you know, what would be better is if you had a group that is, you know, even segmented somehow, like, okay, but where do you even draw that line? Um, yeah. What's interesting is I'm part of this other group. And again, we found, I found this group through Twitter. Uh, it's a, person that probably a lot of people in the indie space know, um, Davis, uh, bear bear. Um, but he kind of tweeted this out a couple months ago and he created, ended up creating a community called, I don't know if it's supposed to be public knowledge, but maybe (laughs) I won't say the name, but I, I mean, he's tweeted about it, so it's not a big deal, but what he ended up doing was basically he was just asking some people, Hey, like, who has questions or I, I don't remember the tweet to reference mm. it somewhere, but it essentially created a community. It's a community I'm part of now too. It's and and the line he drew in the sand was 20k MRR. Okay. Which is interesting because I've always thought about that. I was like, oh, it'd always be neat if indie hackers had its own like section for just like I've been there, I'm not just on the on the on like on the first floor of this elevator right. or whatever. Um, yeah. Cause there's a lot of first four questions and people can help each other. And that's great. And I'm not, again, like you'll hear advice mm-hmm. in, in networking. You typically want to try to have a network uh, of people, you know, you might want to help a person a step below. Cause it also helps you uh, helps you clarify what you're doing and why you've done things and someone to those. And then you also want to have peers and you also want to have like a step, a step or two above as well to kind of, see what's over there, see what punching above your weight is, or what's interesting is across those levels, there are also multiple things. So even that 20K MRR, it's interesting because you could still be a solo founder and be at 20K MRR. You could also be a four-person company at 20K MRR. 
and yeah. you're going to have yeah. vastly different questions and vastly different ways you're building your business and, and problems you might have. So it's not yeah. foolproof, but it is definitely helpful. It def- definitely cuts down on a lot of noise and it is a, like a, you have to up, apply or at least fill in a little application with some validation that to get yeah, into that group, so to speak. Yeah. That you're legit and whatnot. And I think that's really helpful to kind of segment it a little bit and make it a little bit exclusive because that kind of keeps the riffraff out, I guess, right? Um, <laughs> the riffraff. <laughs> not, not calling people riffraff, but yes, I think it keeps it keeps out like just the the questions that would be noise for the group that wants to not mm. have that, right? So, yeah, no, and I think that's really cool that you'd have like people ahead of you as well that you could kind of because you, you always kind of want that right like to be able to see and have the diversity right like that you could see what other people are up to what they what sort of problems are affecting their lives um, and stuff like that um, I'm curious though about your I know we've kind of talked about this before but your thoughts about like um, sharing stuff in these founder communities and the potential for competitors and things like that to to kind of use that information uh yeah that's a touchy one and i think i think one of those where i think founders at some point can be very well i guess it depends on who you are i think i feel like naturally you want to think that there's abundance and that there's something for everyone but then there's always like abundance and scarcity i think coexist right like um and you know am i going to give my insights on like exactly how we do all of our things like no not necessarily and it depends on the community again it's it's all context right it's all like so much other information so and that's where i think the communities can be good but it's you might just disperse your questions into different areas or depending on your level of trust who are you asking and hopefully you do have you know friends you do you know in your network that you do kind of keep more updated so they do continue to add to the context so for example you and me talking about product sonar you could just pop a question about product sonar and i'm already on at least at least halfway knowledgeable <laughs> of like kind of what is relatively in your head versus if you asked a question like that in indie hackers you're going to get a vastly yeah. different set of answers if you ask it in let's say this this other group i'm in you're going to get another set of answers. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, I think a lot of it just, you, you might. So there is like, there's two points I kind of am jostling in my brain. And one is like keeping context with certain people that I think is helpful. Mm-hmm. And the other one is those are, those are people you trust. Um, but the other thing about these communities, you don't know who else is listening. You don't know who's lurking, who's also active in this as a friend of someone else. And maybe it is an edge you're giving away or talking about a strategic decision. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, cause we've talked about that before and just like, it's, it's difficult because you do want to share, like sometimes it's helpful to like kind of crowdsource your problems a little bit. Right. It's like, I have this problem. What do y'all think? Um, and for, for them to give a good answer, you do need to give some context for that. And so it's like, kind of the way the way the pros and cons if it's something that is you know kind of a strategic thing or um, potentially useful to somebody else in that way yeah and, and honestly I think the what's funny is a lot of people go to these communities with questions because um, that's who they feel like would best answer them but that's probably one of the biggest follies right like you we talk often about 
customer research. And if you're going in indie hackers and saying, hey, is this a good idea? <laughs> like, and that's also among a group where everyone's looking for an idea. So if you want to get your idea sniped, that's probably the perfect place to go and ask that question. And are they even the right audience for that? So yeah. almost shame on you for like putting that question there. And <laughs> I would say, you know, really what you should be doing is talking to potential customers, right? So like things that yeah. are a, a guarded type of thing, right? Like it's, it's like... I, I think there's an easy way to you're going to know and you're going to feel nervous about asking those in certain circles. But yeah, well, and I think that kind of touches on another thing too of just kind of overvaluing um, the advice given in communities like that. Like I think that those communities are really helpful for like you know internal management or like tools you could use at certain stages of your business. But I think that um, for things like how should I solve this customer problem? Um, I think that the advice you get on that is not, it might be helpful for brainstorming, but I don't think that's the best way to decide on what you're going to do because you need to be talking to your customer for that and analyzing their patterns. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. For, for product, product idea related, even like marketing related, that type of stuff. I think that mm -hmm. makes a ton more sense because you're going to go to the people that are actually going to be the audience, I think. Is, is, yeah. is better. Um, but I think one thing I did key on before you, you mentioned, it can be very lonely. And that is the trouble, right? Like a mm -hmm. lot of the founder journey can be lonely, because it's not like something you normally would talk to at a, a barbecue or a family dinner, or just like people that live around your area. Because mm -hmm. uh, like, I'm, you know, of the people that are in my circles outside of founder groups and things like that. Like, Nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and especially like tech, uh, especially tech founders, like that's even more rare. Like I, I don't know, there's nobody in my circle outside of founder groups who are other tech founders or entrepreneurs. Um, and I think only one or two people in my extended friend group that even know what like tech even remotely means. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what... One one way I think you can use some of these founder groups, because I think what has happened for me, whether it's in on Twitter, like Twitter is a community as well, and it kind of depends on what you put in your feed, I think is like basically the part <laughs> of the community you're listening to or being a part of. Um, but in any of these, whether it's a Twitter or an Indie Hackers or that 20K MRR group I'm talking about, um, and there's various other ones of communities that I'm in as well. But in any of those, I think when you're when you are asking questions and if it has the right context, right? Like we talked about that earlier, I think is important. Um, and the other part is like once you do have you have a lot of people that are going to respond and they might have thoughtful answers. And then the next step is usually sometimes you might jostle back and forth in a in a in a thread. Um but I think the natural progression is then taking it to DMs <laughs> once mm -hmm. it becomes like more sensitive type of information or more contextual that may not be beneficial to the group. And then sometimes I'm scheduling a call and sometimes I'm making a friend after that. Right. And, yeah. and that, and that's kind of pretty cool because now you've brought a problem and you know, you're, you can understand their context. They can understand more of your context. It is easier to speak and talk about than it is to just 
read in a tweet um, and try to for them to gather other information that might help them give better advice. Um, but I think that's that's really essentially the biggest benefit I see is these these communities are great places to one just like feed off of what else is going on in addition to like you're starting to help yourself create your own network if you if you mm-hmm. want to do that if you want to extend further into the benefits of the the community yeah yeah i think one thing too um that i wanted to bring up is just sometimes i can get a little like too deep into a community and you know that's a me problem not necessarily a community problem but where you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot going on if you have you know 500 people in the community you know there's going to be quite frequent quite frequently people are going to be posting things and um you know if you're seeing that in slack you know the little notifications all the time that can really be distracting or um you know you can kind of get sucked into people's problems when you know you should be focusing on your own problems too so you feel like it's a does that become like a distraction for you yeah i feel like it does and it's i think it's difficult because there's people in those communities that i care about and like i want to be there to help them um but at the same time it's like you know there's other things that need to get done too Hmm, that's interesting (laughs) i guess i haven't thought of it that way like i feel like i don't know and maybe i I, maybe it's because i'm in too many or i'm um i feel like everyone knows everyone else has a million things going on and Mm -hmm. if i'm there to help i'm there to help but i guess i don't i don't personally feel a sense of like obligation to the community mm. per se like it i feel like they're going to be like oh josh is active again cool <laughs> or hey yeah. it looks like he had to like that's helpful but you know i don't unless someone specifically called me out and asked for specific advice then i'll feel bad like if someone's like mm-hmm. dming me or adding me in a community and then i do feel a little bit more of like obligation and might quickly go answer or i might message them hey i'm gonna get back to this but i I don't have time right now or whatever else that's when i so i i don't know i feel like i've found a way to shield myself or something from from feeling that but i don't know maybe that's just uh that's just me i don't know how other (laughs) people feel probably also depends on the size and intimacy of the community as well yeah totally yeah but it, it is kind of like you know as you're going through through time with these these different people in the community you get to kind of see their journeys too right and like see what they're up to and so you kind of you know you get a little bit emotionally invested as well in the things that they're doing and um i think that's kind of where the pull comes from because it's like you know i've been there through the last five problems that you're dealing with and um you know now you're struggling with now i see i look back and i see that you're struggling with this other thing and now i feel like i don't you know I, I don't, I'm not kept up on your context anymore. And I, I want to be kept up on your context. <laughs> right, right. And I think those are great. And those are the great points to kind of like out, reach out individually again, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, building, build, I don't want to say like, it sounds so transactional, but like building your network, but just establishing these relationships or the relationships you, you know, want to be more invested in, um, so I, I think it's a balance too, right? Like, cause you can easily get pulled in to someone's as well and feel some obligation there mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. And there's just so many people, right? And there's only so much time in a day. Right. 
Right. So yeah, I guess that's how I kind of see it is like I keep mostly the regular community interaction kind of sort of at a at an arm's distance of what I when I have time. And mm-hmm. I do like going in there and catching up. But when when a community is too busy, it's overwhelming. Like there's other ones I'm part of. Like there's a uh, online geniuses and even right. like things like microconfs group. Sometimes you go in there and and there's like, you know, if it's a Slack group, you see all the channels lit up white because you haven't been there. And it's just like, that's just, uh, uh, it's just overwhelming. There's like a pacing that has to match you to, 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 to see how well involved I think you become. So. Yeah, totally. Cool. But, Did um, you have any, uh, any other final thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, overall founder communities are tough, right? Like, <laughs> like I said, there can be a lot of benefits. I think you also have to just, again check yourself on what you want to kind of get out of it and what you want to contribute and what because it's easy to get tied up into it i think it's easy to get tied up into like hey i'm the person in there and i'm i'm like the guy in that community that's never something i've strived for but i think (laughs) some people do some people like like that they like the the status of that or running being a moderator eventually or running these little groups and things like that so um i try to contribute in spots but then like honestly, I try to pull people out into networking stuff if it's if it can be mutually beneficial, you know. So yeah, yeah, totally. No, this has been great. I think this is uh, uh, like being part of these communities has really helped me, especially the last couple of years. Um, I don't like I don't think I'd be where I am without them. But like you said, there's just there's so many uh, nuanced things to how you interact with them and stuff like that. Right. And we met through the community. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how people, this, podcast. Uh, this, this podcast exists because of a community. So our founder type of community. So it's probably a good, pretty good note to, to end this on. There you go. All right. See you. All right. Have a good week later. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at Searching for SAS on Twitter. That's searching the number four SAS. Or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week.